0: unknown mystery space science fun adventure suspense fantasy nameless unreasoning unjustified terror
1: Welcome to journey number 161 of the Journey Into podcast, featuring The Oblong Box by Edgar Allan Poe, as presented by NBC Short Story. I am your guide on this journey, Marshall Latham, coming to you from base camp in the Treasure Valley. This is our second of two installments in this year's Edgar Allan Poe month. I hope to get this out by the end of January. It may be the very end of January, but regardless of when it goes out, this episode will go out and it'll officially be part of the Edgar Allan Poe month. And as you know, I'm a fan of Edgar Allan Poe. I enjoy a lot of his works, uh, mostly his stories, but also several of his poems I've been trying to celebrate for several years here on the podcast. I was kind of aping Norm Sherman, who does a Lovecraft month every year on his Drabblecast podcast, and uh, I thought that I could take the opportunity to use my podcast for Edgar Allan Poe, and it's been a lot of fun over the years. Real quick here, before I power up the old or Dime radio tuner to tune in this old-time radio show for you. Uh, I did want to let you know that this was the winner of a poll that I did over on Patreon, uh, where every month I let the patrons of the journey into podcast over on Patreon, select which old time radio show that I'm going to run this month. And all the selections this time around were for Edgar Allan Poe stories. Uh, we had of course this one, the oblong box, it was in a dead heat for a while with an episode from the weird circle, which was an adaptation of Lygia called the returned, but the oblong box won out in a tiebreaker. The other two Edgar Allan Poe stories that were in the running were radio adaptations of the Pit and the pendulum and the purloined letter. As I said, up top this whole time radio show comes to us from NBC short story which was a radio show that ran in the 1950s. And it might have been late 40s as well. But anyway, it was just an NBC anthology show where they did various uh, short stories. I think some of them may have been replays of uh, different versions of NBC's radio shows from previous years. But we can talk more about that after we listen to the show. So without further ado, let me get the old... Wamper dime radio tuner set up here. So come with me and let's journey onto a voyage aboard the Independence.
0: People usually want cute pets. Why would you go on such a hideous one? I am hideous? You are horrifying to look at, yes. But that's a good thing. Oh? When you're ugly and someone loves you, you know they love you for who you are. Beautiful people never know who to trust.
2: Well, then I'm certainly grateful to be ugly.
0: Well, Denim, the airplane's got it. Oh, no. It wasn't the airplanes, it was beauty killed the beast. I saw you with
1: the box. Who was in the box?
0: Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, David. It Seems that envy is my sin.
1: Oh, what's in the box? Not take Give me. The
0: what's gun? in the f-ing box? Give me the gun. NBC presents short story today. Edgar Allan Poe. In the realm of horror and mystery, or perhaps, I should say, the macabre, Edgar Allan Poe has few equals. Many are the classic stories he has written in this vein. Among them, Murders in the Rue Morgue, The Pit and the Pendulum, The Fall of the House of Usher, The Telltale Heart, The Black Cat, and the list goes on and on. Today's presentation, The Oblong Box, first published in 1844, certainly takes its rightful place among this impressive collection. We'll begin our short story in just a moment. And now, The Oblong Box by Edgar Allan Poe. There, Captain.
2: There she is. Envy your dust. Aye. Five aboard. Very well, turn about. We'll drop line and take them on. Aye, aye, sir. Turn by the mainsail. Long goes now, now Work line's on up. you make out what ship she's from? Eh, uh, uh, Too far, Captain. She's American, though. Aye. Now so we'll soon be on them. Mate, if the Captain's with them, send him up to my cabin. Aye, aye, sir. Take in the mainsail. Easy now, don't let him under. He too... about all, Captain. we have been at sea in the longboat for two days when you sighted us. Just about done in. My friend here, Mr. Allen, was the only passenger to survive. You say you're from the packet Ship Independence, eh? Aye. Uh, what cargo were you carrying? Uh, cotton a little hemp and some timber. I see. And that was all? Aye. Did you happen to pass some drift, Captain? We did. Nothing you just spoke of. Uh, would you care for a little more grog, gentlemen? Oh, thank you. And you, sir? Yes. Yes, please. No, we passed nothing adrift that you mentioned, but um, we did hoist aboard something rather strange, you might say. It may not have come from your ship, though. Could only make out the port of embarkation and the date Charleston, South Carolina, August the 2nd, 1881. Mm, that was our port. And that was our date of sailing. Captain, what was it you took aboard? Two bodies. Passengers, I suppose. a man and the woman. Rather unusual, though. The woman was in a coffin. Uh, in a long, long box. You seem startled, Mr. Allen. I, I am. And the man? That's the strange part. He was lashed to the coffin by an inch-thick rope. Oh. Uh, from your reaction, Mr. Allen, I presume... Um, I presume you know something about the box? Yes, I... I'm afraid so. Then, Mr. Ellen, uh, suppose you relate the entire story. Very well. To tell you the truth, Captain, I'd intended telling no one. You see, as Captain Hardy told you, the dead man had been a friend of mine. I'd hoped the... the sea would keep its dead. The man whose body you found tied to that oblong box was an artist from New York. His name was Cornelius Wyatt. As I remember... Wyatt had been married only a few months when I met him quite by accident. It was at our port of sailing Charleston. I'd been on board only a few minutes when I heard his voice calling me by my first name. I was quite surprised to see my old friend. Edgar, hey, um, Edgar Allen, hello there. Wyatt, why uh, heavens man, you? Huh? Oh, it's good to see you. How long has it been? Oh, a good year uh, since I saw you last, at least. Now, let's see. Yes, since 1877. All the places to meet you. Now, uh, tell me, why Is your wife aboard? But, my wife? But, well, yes. Good. More people have raved about her astounding beauty to me than I could possibly count. <laughs> I've sworn to see her with my own eyes. Where is she? Uh, I'm sorry, Edgar. I'm afraid that would be impossible. You see, she's she's ill in her cabin. Oh, what a shame. Well, then later I'm sure no, you No, no, no. Really, I think she'll remain in bed for the rest of the trip. Her health wouldn't permit it. Oh, come, Wyatt. You wouldn't cheat me of this chance to meet your beautiful wife. The cl do her good. Or is it because you're jealous of such beauty? Please keep such a relax to yourself. My wife's appearance should be of no concern to you. Oh, but, Wyatt, I was only joking. I meant no harm. Your humor is not appreciated, Mr. Allen. Well, forgive me. I assure you I meant no harm. I beg your pardon, sir. You, Mr. Wyatt? Yes. Uh, that there box of yours, you're having it shipped in the hole Confound it, man, how many times must I give these instructions My cabin, you understand, it must be put in my cabin Must I tell the captain himself Sorry, sir, but there is hardly any room <laughs> for such a large box in here. Your... I don't care how little room there is That box will go into my cabin if I have to move it there myself think... Sorry, sir Confounded oh, fools Must I beg them to carry out my instructions oh, Is... Oh, is that the box? Uh, excuse me, Mr. Allen, the clumsy fools may drop it I'd better watch them I'll see you later Although at the time I was surprised by my friend's sudden outburst, I passed it off to temperament. After all, he was an artist. At the moment, I was more concerned over the the oblong box than over my friend. It bothered me quite a bit. I couldn't find a reason for his being so overwrought over the placement of a cumbersome, large wooden box. And furthermore, I couldn't find a reason for his use of one that shape. It was about six feet long and two and a half feet wide me, its contents were a mystery. At first, I excused it as containing a number of his precious paintings. About three days out of Charleston, I met Wyatt again. He was walking about the deck. As I approached him, he cordially offered me his hand. Hello, there. Hello, Wyatt. Uh, Edgar, I, I believe I owe you an apology. Apology? Yes, you, you must forgive the way I acted the day before we sailed. I'm not as well as I should be. Oh, think nothing of it. Here, let, let's sit here. That's it. I, I'm under a severe strain, Edgar. Perhaps I should tell you. You are my friend. I, I should tell someone. Why, of course. What others have told you about my wife is true. She is beautiful. Very beautiful. I'm afraid too beautiful. Yes? I was one of many, many suitors. I was the fortunate one. Why, I don't know. She doesn't love me, Edgar. Are you sure she doesn't love you? Yes, I'm sure. Very sure. Since I've been married, she's done her utmost to make me jealous. She knows how I worship her beauty. She knows her power. Men have always loved her for it. They still do. I know, Edgar. I'm suffering because of it. There are men today who, who would give anything for my wife's hand. Anything. She knows it. She taunts me with it continuously. The way she looks at me, laughs at me. You're in love with her? Desperately. You would never give her up? Never. And she knows this? Of course. That's why she taunts me. Well, perhaps if I could see her... No, 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 no. She's she's still ill. Ill. Oh, I'm sorry. This trip. You know why I'm going to Canada? Do you know why? Paintings? I'm taking her away. Away from all those men. She'll learn to love me. I'll make her. I'll keep her beauty for myself. Perhaps... Perhaps this is an extreme. Extreme? No. No, it's the only thing to do. You don't know the torture I've suffered. Well, Well, let's talk no more about it. I... I feel better now. As you wish. You will keep my confidence? Oh, without question. Now, how's your painting coming, Wyatt? I haven't touched a brush in months. But the canvases you brought aboard, weren't they yours? Canvases? I suppose they were in the large box you have in your cabin. Why do you suppose that? Well, because of its unusual size. That and... box doesn't concern you. It's none of your business. I didn't say that I... Don't ever mention that box again. I forbid you. You hear? Don't ever mention that box again. Perhaps I've been too hasty, Captain. Perhaps the man just isn't well physically. By the box, it could contain something unimportant. I think I was overly curious, that's all. I've known him for a long while, you know. He's always appeared perfectly normal before. And everything's been all right lately? For the past few days, yes. He's been perfectly cordial. And I think perhaps it's best we pass over the entire matter. There's probably some logical, some simple story behind what's happened. Uh, Yeah. More port? Uh, No. No, no thanks. I think it's best I be getting back to my cabin. Looks as though there's an unhealthy storm brewing along the coast. I'd best get back. Oh, I noticed it getting a little rough. Will it hit us? Mm, can't tell yet. Well, good night, Mr. Allen. Perhaps you'll join me at dinner tomorrow night, huh? Eh? Oh, thank you, Captain. I'd be Listen. What? Shh. I thought I heard Listen. Again? Nothing, I I hear nothing. The wind, that's all. The events have made you a little nervous, I suppose. No, wait. I'm sure I heard something strange. Groaning or something from out there. Open the door. It's probably the ship's cat. Captain, here, quickly. The passageway's black. The steward probably took the lantern to... Listen. Again. Hear it? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. It came from the darkness down there to the end of the passageway. Somebody's in trouble. Who has the sacrum at the end of the passageway? I think Quiet. The first two are empty. Well, come along. Pull your cabin door closed. I'll get a lamp. The darkness... No, yes. no, I know my way. We may need the darkness. Very well. I'll take notes. The uh, first two, you say, are empty? Yes. And this one, you believe, is Wyatt's? It should be. We'll stand here a moment. I'll listen again. A knocking. Tapping. I'll try this latch. I'll open it as quietly as possible. There's no light under the door. Stand back. Easy now. What? Blaster, it's locked from the inside. Well, someone is definitely in there. I am going to knock. Now listen closely. Someone is in there. You heard it? Hello in there. Is that you, Wyatt? This is Alan. Anything wrong? Hello there. Huh? Ah, no answer. I don't like this. Open the door, Wyatt. It's the ship's captain. I'll be forced to break in. Here, help me. Help me if I count three. Go on. One, two, ready now, three. Where are you, Wyatt? Wait, there's a lantern by the port. I'll strike a light. Stand here and... Empty. The room is empty.
0: Our story continues after this brief pause. And now, back to today's short story.
2: For a moment, both of us stood there, in the gloom of Wyatt's cabin. We were sure somebody had been there, but a moment before. We'd heard them. And now the cabin was apparently empty. The door had been locked from the inside. Nobody could have left the room without our seeing them. Then suddenly, Captain Hardy pointed to the right wall of the cabin. There, in the dimness of the gloomy shadows. Alan! This cabin and the one beside it are adjoined. Now, let me get the light and see if the adjoining door has been opened. Whoever left, left in a hurry. Here. Here, Alan. Give me a hand. I can't reach the lantern. Blast it. Hardy. Uh, all right. All right. Just stumbled over this blasted box. Uh, my hand. The oblong box. Excuse me, gentlemen. I didn't mean to intrude. Quiet. Quiet. May I come in? There's another lamp for the table. Allow me, Captain Hardy, but... Where did you come from? How did you get into the passageway There. That's better. Mr. Allen, I have been walking my wife on deck. May I introduce you? Oh, you may come in, Marjorie. Marjorie, this is Mr. Allen, the man who desired to meet you so much, and the captain of this vessel, Captain Hardy. How do you do? How do you do? And now, gentlemen, may I ask the reason for your, uh, breaking in? I, uh, we heard a noise, a cry. We thought it was from your cabin. That would have been impossible. There was nobody there. Are you sure? We heard... Of course I'm sure. There was no one here, I tell you. And now, gentlemen, if you don't mind... Uh, Wyatt, before we go... Yes, Mr. Allen? Ask your wife to... to remove her veil. Marjorie... Would you please oblige the gentleman? My wife, Mr. Allen. Your... Your wife? But she is beautiful, isn't she? I... Uh, Yes. Yes, she is. You, too, seem stunned. Quite. Yes, quite. Um, Captain Hardy, come. Uh, Thank you, Wyatt. One moment, uh, Captain Hardy. Yes? Would it be too much to ask for a new cabin door... This one seems to have suffered slightly. I'll uh, I'll see to it. Good night, gentlemen. Hurry to my cabin. His wife. Did you see his wife? Yes. She was hideous. His rave about her beauty. Why, he's mad, Captain. Hopelessly mad. She was horribly ugly. Yet yet she was familiar. I've seen her before. I I know it. Where? Where? Did you notice the door leading to the adjoining cabin? No. It was open slightly. Someone could have left Wyatt's cabin and reached the passageway through the empty one next to it. Hardy? Yes. Your hand, huh? Covered with blood. Well, you must have cut it yourself when you when you fell. Here, let me wash it off. No. No, it isn't cut. Yes, but that blood. It isn't mine. Well, then where did you... The oblong box, Mr. Allen. The oblong box. What was behind this terrible mystery neither of us knew. We would inform the police as soon as we put to port. From then on, I saw nothing of Wyatt. Two days passed since the incident in his cabin. Now the second day, Captain Hardy warned all the passengers of what was in store for us. We were forbidden on deck, confined to our cabins. We were being blown out to sea by a furious hurricane wind. On the fateful night, I was lying fully clothed on my bed. The sea was sickening. The ship was yawing terribly with each plunge. I was expecting the worst at any moment. Then suddenly, above the roar of the terrible gale, I heard a strange sound coming from the passageway right before I cabin. I was a little bewildered at first. For a few moments I sat there on my bed, wondering. And then Edgar! Edgar! This is Wyatt! Do you hear me? What is it? I need your help, Edgar! I need your help. Go back to your cabin, Wyatt. you here. Get out of the passageway. It's dangerous. The ship may... Please, please open the door. You must. You must help me. You're my friend, Edgar. Please. Very well. <laughs> what? Good heavens. My box. I, I've got to get it on deck. I, I've got to. The ship may break in two at any moment. Please. Please help me. I can't manage it alone. Please. Well, you must be completely insane. The storm is too high. It's suicide, I tell you. You'll be blown overboard. Just the storm. You don't have to go on deck. I have some rope. I'll lash myself to the face. I'll be safe. Please. Yes, but your wife. You can't leave your wife alone now. Go back to her. Snap Shut out. Just up, up the stairs. Please, Edgar. You're my friend. Please, Edgar. Please. Very well. To the top of the stairs. The, the, the other end. Take take the other end. Go on. I have it. Hurry, it's heavy. Oh, here. This way. Up these stairs. I've got it. Here. Don't drop it, Edgar. Don't drop it. All right. All right. A little further, Edgar. Just a little further. Now. There. Oh. This is as far as I go. Oh, thank you, Edgar. Thank you. You don't know what this means. Now, go back to your cabin. I can't. I must get my box on deck. Then I leave. No, oh, no, please. One other paper. Hold this hatch while I push the box out. I beg you, Wyatt, use your head. The water will swamp us. Listen to it. Please, Edgar, please. Well, then, stand back. I'll open the hatch. I'm not responsible for you, you fool. Hurry! Come you. Hurry, we'll be swamped. For heaven's sake, Wyatt, you'll never make it. Wyatt, watch out. Come back, you fool. Come back. I've got to close it. Come back. Get help me. Close it. Quickly. In the heavens, they hurry. Push. Uh, what, the uh, what in thunderation were you doing? Wyatt. Wyatt, is out there. He took the box. of oh, heavens, he's done for. It's oh, too late to help him now. I'm afraid we're going to have to abandon ship. She's ready. The starboard light there. Eh? you Make for it. Yes, but Mrs. Wyatt. She's below. She'll be killed. I'll get her first. The starboard boat, Edgar. The starboard boat. Mrs. Wyatt. To the boats. To the boat. Mrs. Wyatt, we're sinking! Come on! where is he? Where is he? Hurry, hurry this way, run! No, wait, please, 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 listen! In the name of heaven, woman, come on, quick! No time to lose! Come on. Mrs. Wyatt! Mrs. Wyatt! Then suddenly she disappeared before me. Water gushed down the passageway. She was swallowed by it. I struggled forward and made my way to the starboard boat. I jumped for the swinging davit and lowered myself as speedily as possible into the longboat. Captain Hardy joined me with three others of his crew. And then, just as we pushed out from the trembling mass of wreckage, I saw it. Hardy did too. Standing to aft, I saw Wyatt. Wyatt. He was binding himself tightly to the to the oblong box. He stood there for a moment, I thought laughing, but in one brief instant he was gone with a ship into the sea and um that's uh, that's all yes, I see uh would you gentlemen be so kind as to follow me? This should prove rather interesting, this gentlemen. Captain, uh when uh when did you find this uh this box? Yesterday afternoon. Um in here, please. Um uh, Mr. Allen, hand me that lantern and watch the stairs, please. They're rather sharp here. Be done. Uh, ordinarily, we would not have bothered with a floating body. It's generally some poor wretch from a wrecked vessel. However, due to the box and the peculiar circumstances, I thought it best to hoist it on board. Yes, but, but the decomposition... Oh, the salt water helped preserve them for a while. I thought we could reach New London safely with them. However, since we were blown off our course by that wind, it'll be a good day and a half before we reach land. I'm afraid I shall have to commit them both back to the sea. Uh, Mr. Allen, swing that door open, please, will you? Over there, in that corner. Yes. Yes, that's the box. Captain Hardy, would you kindly hold the lantern while I lift this blanket? Oh, certainly. Is this the man you call Wyatt? Poor devil. Hardly recognizable. Yes, that's Wyatt. And now, Mr. Allen, if you would give me a hand with the top of this box... It had been firmly nailed. However, we tried it loose and we took it aboard. Just pull that in carefully. Good heavens. Even after two days at sea, death did not destroy that waxen beauty. It's almost impossible. Still so beautiful. You notice uh, the wound over the heart? Yes. Mr. Allen... That was the beauty Mr. Wyatt talked of. Well, of course. This must have been his wife. But, but wait, the other Mrs. Wyatt. Oh, yes, of course. I knew I'd seen her somewhere before. The maid. Their personal maid. Yes, now I remember. She tried to tell me something before she, she drowned. Wyatt murdered his real wife. If only we had done something sooner. Murdered his wife? How could he? Why? Insanely jealous. Terribly jealous. To die with her would be better than to live with her and her beauty. He planned to murder her on that trip when I saw them stowing that box. Remember the groans? She was murdered that night. The blood. It was fresh. Remember the tapping we heard as he nailed her in this coffin? I. Hardy, I. I think we'd better leave. Yes.
0: Yes, Wyatt.
2: Your wife is very. very beautiful.
0: Has been NBC Short Story. Today, The Oblong Box by Edgar Allan Poe. Join us again next time when NBC presents Short Story.
1: So there you go there's NBC Short stories adaptation of The Oblong Box by Edgar Allan Poe. These guys put an interesting twist on the story. I, I'm trying to decide whether I like their ending, their twist on the story better, or uh, whether I like the original story by Edgar Allan Poe better. Uh, the Oblong Box is, is a less known story of Poe's. And in a way, it's kind of a straightforward piece where, for me, there wasn't a lot of mystery. I kind of assumed right away what the oblong box was. In the original story, Wyatt's wife, I believe, had died before they even got on the boat. And him and the captain had made an arrangement. They didn't want to alarm the passengers. And so they registered this large, this oblong box as cargo, But this adaptation threw in the twist that Wyatt killed his wife on the boat and put her in the oblong box. And so he had planned on killing her. That's why the box was in his cabin. (laughs) And he killed her and put her in there, and there was blood and everything. Where in Poe's original story, I think his friend caught him, or didn't catch him, but heard him from outside the door weeping. And... Wyatt would essentially open up the coffin and look at his dead wife and cry. But NBC Short Story brought in this whole thing where, you know, he had planned to murder his wife, and they brought the captain in as a, a character where he was a he was a character at the end of the story and maybe at the beginning of the story, but he wasn't direct it was just this friend of Wyatt's who was seeing all these things and couldn't put it all together. And there was a maid who was pretending to be his wife. This ugly, ugly maid. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Both the story, I believe, and the adaptation um, comment on how ugly this woman was and how beautiful the, the Wyatt's wife was. And so I thought that was kind of comical. I don't know. Maybe it's just modern sensibilities, but it's just you know to describe somebody so hideous or whatever. But to describe somebody is so ugly. And maybe it's in comparison to what Wyatt's friend had heard about the beauty of his wife. But anyway, so the maid was there posing as his wife in the original story. But also in the original story, Wyatt was traveling with two sisters. And I can't remember for sure if it was Wyatt's sisters or if it was his wife's sisters. It might have been his wife's sisters because he was returning his wife to her mother and she was gonna be buried there. Also in the short story, it talks about a smell that came from the uh, box, which, I don't know, it kind of gives it away, right? You got this weird oblong box that could fit a human body and it has a strange smell coming from it. It's a pine box. Uh, So to me, as I was reading through the story, it it was kind of obvious to me what it was. But it was interesting of the, the mystery that this friend was trying to figure out everything, and and there were some revelations or whatever. But it's pretty much a straightforward story, and I think... uh, I was going to look this up, and I'm sorry that I didn't. But I think I read somewhere where something similar but not as dramatic did happen once when Poe was on a boat that he was talking to the captain, and the captain told him some story about a guy with his wife's coffin... During a hurricane, or something like that, that it's kind of, it might have been Poe hearing this experience secondhand and then turning it into a fictional story, and adding his own touch to it. Either way, it's kind of cool. It's a it's a nice little little story, Uh, but I think it's interesting that maybe NBC short story didn't feel like it was gruesome enough, or if people heard that it was a story by Edgar Allan Poe that it had to have this murder aspect to it. I don't know why they made that decision, but it, it's kind of cool. I kind of like that we found out that he actually murdered his wife. It, it, it is more gruesome. It is more chilling to know that he had planned to kill his wife and he was murdering her when they heard the moans from outside. It, it, so I, I like this story as it is. Um, it's, it's an interesting adaptation. After I had put this up on the poll and, you know, this story had won and everything, I did find out that there was another radio adaptation by, oh, I think it was CBS Mystery on the Air or Mercury Theater, one of those. But it was from the 70s, an adaptation from the 70s of The Oblong Box. And I wonder if they played it straight or if they made their own changes to it. that would be interesting to, to play that... So maybe I'll wait a few years and and run this again. <laughs> I don't know. But you guys might get tired of hearing the same story over again. The only times I do that is if we've heard the radio adaptation and then I do an actual reading of the story with a with a narrator. Like I did last year, I had um, Big Anklevich and Rish Outfield read The Cask of Amontillado, uh, where I had run a previous radio adaptation of that uh, in years past but I haven't done like two different radio adaptations of the same story Uh, I think that might get tiresome for you guys in the audience there was a movie adaptation of this story or at least it uses the title of the story and it stars Vincent Price it's from 1969 And it's not a Roger Corman movie. You know, Roger Corman did a series of Poe adaptations, uh, many of them starring Vincent Price. Uh, But this one wasn't from Roger Corman. I can't remember the name of the director, but it was somebody that directed and produced it. Maybe he was a friend of Corman or doing it on Corman's behalf, or I don't know what what the deal was there. I'd have to go back and look at all those. Um... But by reading the description of the movie, it sounded nothing like that. Like, I didn't see anything about a boat or a voyage or anything like that. I'm like, wow, <laughs> they really took their liberties with that. It sounded more like an adaptation of the premature burial. And I have watched and enjoyed Roger Corman's adaptation of the premature burial. And maybe this other guy, this other director, oh, I should look it up, but I got to get this out, so I'm not going to. Um, This other director wanted to do an adaptation of The Premature Burial, but since that movie title had already been taken, he just used the title of The Oblong Box because that describes a coffin, right? So, I don't know. I'll have to look into that. Maybe I'll get back to you (laughs) in subsequent... Episodes, Or maybe I'll talk about it on the Patreon. That would be fun. Maybe that could be an extra that I throw on the Patreon where I dig into the, that a little bit. Maybe Rish and I can even uh, do an episode of the Outfield Excursions about the oblong box. Uh, that might be interesting. But, you know, Poe's name definitely carries weight. If it's the title of a Poe story or it's based on a Poe story... Um, people will typically pay more attention to it than uh, if it was some other author. You know, similar to like maybe Stephen King or something like that. Who's another contemporary? Maybe not a contemporary of Poe's, but somebody that came later. Robert Bloch, maybe? You know, if the general populace heard, oh, this is based on a Robert Bloch movie or story, they might not think about it. (laughs) They might say, who? Who's Robert Bloch? But I think... Robert Block was a contemporary of Lovecraft but you know if you say Lovecraft or if you say Edgar Allan Poe people oh I've heard of those I know who that is um, even the general populace I think knows those names but I, I seem to be rambling <laughs> at this point uh, so yep yeah, this is going to end the Edgar Allan Poe month for this year sorry I only got two of those in here Uh, Like I said last episode, I was going to narrate an Edgar Allan Poe story for you, uh, but I I ran out of time, and I probably should have just asked somebody else to do it. But I'd like to take another crack at at reading a Poe story and putting it out here. So uh, that's going to be something that I do next year. Uh, But I think that does it for me this time around. I'm going to let you guys go, and I hope you enjoyed the story. I hope you enjoyed these installations of Edgar Allan Post stories. And uh, we'll do it again next year. And if you guys have any ideas or stories that you want to hear, uh, let me know. You can call the voicemail line at 77J into 107. We've been promoting that voicemail line a lot on the Delusions of Grandeur podcast where Rish Outfield and I talk about Star Wars stuff. Um, But that voicemail is for any of these shows on the Journey Into podcast, whether it's a journey or an outfield excursion or a delusion of grandeur episode, uh feel free to leave a message on there. Uh, let me know what uh Edgar Allan post stories you like or would or want to hear or your comments on these stories that I've ran. I'd love to hear from you. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And I can even put it here on the show. So We'll do this again at, like I said last month, the next journey that we're going to take here on the Journey Into podcast will be the third place winning story of the Journey Into Journey contest, Chain Reaction by Sam McDonald. And I'll, I'll give out this little tidbit, which I think a few people already know about anyway, but it'll be narrated by none other than Norm Sherman of the Drabblecast podcast. So I hope you look forward to that. And until next time, kids, stay safe out there and journey on. You guys should have this Creative Commons thing down by now. Say it with me. The Journey Into podcast is produced under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative License. This means that you can share this podcast with whoever you would like, but please do not change it or sell it and let people know where you got it from. The theme music for this podcast is provided by Man in Space.